And we're back. And we're actually amazed that uh, doing another creative podcast with one of our other movie nerd friends, uh, listener, Meet Norm. Hi. What nice to be you, on. What name do you prefer to go by? Government name, full, first and last? Uh, Norm's good. Norman's okay. Uh, either or. That's okay. fine. All right. So... I met Norman when I let some strangers uh, collect me through the internet and invite me to go out for drinks with them to talk about movies, because that seemed safe <laughs> before. <laughs> You're know. still alive, so it's yeah. pretty safe. Yeah, yeah. You haven't been chloroformed and dragged away, so. Yeah, most of my nerd friends that I made through the internet so far haven't murdered me, so that's yes. been awesome. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and uh, I went to a couple of the meetups, and there were only two other gentlemen of melanin, uh, Courtney and Norm. So I took to calling both of them the other black guy because <laughs> often they're busy and don't always show up in the same week. Yes. Yeah, and now you're the organizer of the monthly meetup. I am, but um, I might as well announce it here. Uh, the one on Monday will be my last one, I think. I'm going to open it up for anybody else to take over. Uh, daytime job, pressures are mounting, new position. Might be some traveling involved, so... Uh, and it's a thankless task. Yeah, and I've been two, I think two years is a good run. I've yeah. done it for two years. I think Ryan did it for two years. Mm-hmm. So it's time to uh, give it up to the masses. Willing to help whoever wants to take it over, but I think I am complete as of Monday's Tiffer meetup. All right. Yeah. So yes, there's always a big meetup during the festival? There's two. Yeah. There's one on the first Monday, um, set the Firkin at six, and there's always one ending it at the Queen and Beaver that Sunday night. People say eight, but no one ever shows up there until around 11 anyways. Yeah. So those are kind of the two bookend meetups. Yeah. And for the last one, sometimes people show up late because they go to line up to see the People's Choice if they hadn't already watched it. Exactly. Or they're seeing something else. Like I'll be at Emma, I believe, Yeah. that night, so I'll be there later. Yeah, so you see industry screenings as well. I do, yes. Um, about... Four years ago, I uh, applied um, to get a press pass, but instead they let me in on the industry side. Ooh. Yeah. So I said, okay. Um, did the math on what my cost would be to get ticket as opposed to the industry pass. Um, it was about even, but plus I was getting a lot more things. And now with the increasing costs of getting tickets, it's almost half the price now getting the industry pass so quite happy with it I could apply again for um, press but you have to pick the industry so early that it's kind of a tricky thing there's a few of us in the same position that well are we going to apply for press but if we don't get press then we missed industry and we're stuck so it's great value for the money so that allows you to see about how many on average um the first part of festival is great. Yeah, you can see four or five a day in the first part. And when that's as, as a week, uh, yeah, as a week winds down, it gets less and less. Um, by Thursday evening, it would be one or two in an evening. By Friday, it's kind of done by two in the afternoon on the Friday. It didn't even used to be on the Friday; it's been expanded to there. But from what I find, a lot of the press show up with their suitcases Wednesday morning. They're out of here anyways, really. So Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, and the Friday, there's they're half full those press screenings so yeah it's good it's excellent I love it and you're just back and forth there's no preview there's no intro you sit down bang movie starts movie ends we're across the hall into the next one it's great is it all Scotiabank? no this year there's a lot more at the light box I oh. think they're starting to venture up because as we all know Scotiabank's being knocked down pretty soon yeah so they gotta find a new venue so they're putting more um, in light box but I don't know what they're gonna do once that's knocked down Oh, no. so I don't the escalator. Think, yeah, <laughs> which is working now. Fingers crossed. We're working now. A few I wrote it back, the other day. Uh, okay, good. And it was moving. Yes. Both sides. A few weeks back, though, um, people were uh, putting tweets up about it being broken down about four or five weeks ago. So, yeah. been there a few times for some uh, screening previews, and it's been running. So, as you said, fingers crossed. A little wood knocking as well. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. It's seventy-five steps, I believe. Listeners, so flat shoes, make good choices. Yes. Think uh, London subway, how far you have to go down. Think about that. That's, uh, well, that's, that's what we're looking at. A good segue for somebody who sees as many movies as you to talk about what your um, favorite, at least favorite venues are. Because over the years, we've had a lot of changes. We lost the Uptown. 
pour one out for that. Yes. And maybe not the most comfortable, but probably had the most personality. I wrote that down. My favorite of all time is the Uptown One. Yeah. That screen of the Uptown One was the best. Get in there fast, race up those stairs, get that rail seat, and yes. let things unfold in front of you. Yeah, that's where I saw uh, Dogtown and Z-Boys. It was one of my first festival movies ever. Was that at midnight? It was at midnight, yeah. And they were there skating around? They were there. Uh, Tony Alba was there. Uh, the guy, like the main... Uh, Guy and his kid who looks exactly like him has sort of like long blonde hair. Oh, Tony Hawk? Um, not Tony Hawk. Um, Stisic. Okay. Who also, I think he became a photographer as well. But yeah, like a lot of them were there. And it was good. just like a really good crowd. You know, people were passing, you know, booze and other things in the lineup. Actually, well, weed's legal now. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first festival of legal weed. Lineups are going to be pretty uh, ripe. I think yeah, so. Get, and there's a, the honey pot is right through that wall there down at the bottom of the street yeah you know, that's my, one of the stores one of the stores yeah my little queen street neighborhood here there's like four of them along the street so it's just great yes they're everywhere on queen street and you can buy pre-roll listeners so you don't have to worry about trying to roll in the dark while you're standing up outside in that ryerson lineup for your midnight madness yes for sure yeah so that was your favorite venue for overall personality and yes style the movies i saw there yeah like the first screening, someone had a thing, I think Rachel had a thing up on her um, Twitter. Um, what was your first festival experience? And mine happened to be American Beauty uh, in the Uptown One. Oh, nice. Yeah, the rescreening, either Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. And they all showed up, they all looked kind of hungover from uh, whatever party they were at the night before. And they all were there except for Annette Benning who couldn't fly because she was pregnant at the time. So she wasn't there, but all the rest of them were there. Alan Ball. Um, somebody we should mention. The whole gang was there. Yeah. All of them. And it won People's Choice. It won People's Choice that year, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I, I miss that venue. So now, like, a current venue that's your favorite of ones that are actually open now? Uh, I would say the Lightbox 2. For sound, you sit row three, somewhere in the middle. You're right in the center. All the sound's going to bounce and come to you. Um, I would say that. And evidence of that is Bradley Cooper only allowed... A Star is Born last year to play in the light box too. He wouldn't let it play anywhere else at the festival. That was a spot it had to be. Not even Princess of Wales? Because I heard the sound is okay there too. I'm not sure where the gala played, but all the press all the screens were there and okay. every the screening was there. Right. I'm not sure where the gala played, but everything else, yeah. he wouldn't allow play, to play anywhere else. They couldn't, they could, it couldn't rescreen in the, couldn't rescreen in the princess, couldn't play anywhere else. So. And I saw Roma there. I saw Roma again there when it played. It's just incredible, the sound yeah. in that spot. Seats are good. I'm a member, so you get discounts and everything. Um, the Blue Room's upstairs, place you can sneak out and get a bit of writing done. Free coffee there. So all in all, that's the um, best spot. I know a lot of the staff that are there because they're all year round and I'm there a lot. So best spot. And I'll regret sharing this, but also if you go upstairs to the bathroom, Often much less crowded and a lot less traffic goes through there. Right. So. But you got to remember it's reverse though. Yeah. Because downstairs the women is the first one you run into, the men is second. Upstairs is the reverse. Yeah. So you can't get caught. You can accidentally end up in the wrong bathroom. Yes. Yeah. And also there's no stairs for the men there, which is kind of cool as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I would say right now I agree with you for like that being the most sort of all-around best venue but my only challenge with the light box is still it may be the worst building for sort of line management and how you get in and out of the building like in terms of them not having clear sort of areas of entrance and egress i feel like i need ben affleck from argo to get me out of the building <laughs> sometimes yeah that is true like i stood on the second level and looked down it's just chaos down there on the main level there's three lines going, all sorts of things on, on its way there. So Yeah, I've been blocked exiting the building from like a crowd of orange shirts doing their own selfies during like a shift change. Oh, really? Like it's just, Eesh. yeah. I wow. feel like it's it's real kind of amateur day there for okay for whoever they have yeah. staffing the, you know, how you get uh, in and out of the building. And maybe it's just because of the nature of the Scotiabank and they've been doing it there longer and because they have press and industry. I feel like there's more of like a regimented, like kind of battle scar kind of feel to the headsets and the orange shirts there. See, I Where think the people in Lightbox, it's all very like, oh look, 
I think Scotch is a mess. Oh, it's a nightmare. But, like, there's people sort of barking orders and, like, you know, there's lineups that are, yes, you have to sometimes go around the corner and whatever, but I don't get that same feeling of, like, chaos. So you're obviously not fed the lineup in the stairs yeah. down at Scotiabank, but you're down the, a back stairs somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't yeah. done that one in a, you know, I think a couple of years. I also don't line up at the Scotiabank that often. I don't like that human cage thing that they sort of do outside. Yeah, 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 but that's... I'd rather get a trash seat yeah. and just go in after they've started to board. Okay. Then do that line. Yeah, that's a little odd. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the guys are giving out roses and people stick roses in there as well. Like it's uh, yeah. something to help uh, exactly people cage. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Although I guess now, with the way the world is, that analogy is inappropriate. No, that's exactly what I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> it. So, sure. so worst venue, because it's still not Scotiabank. No, it's um, the Winter Garden. Um, those seats are terrible. The rise and the run is awful. Um, the sound isn't that good. There's one good seat in the Winter Garden next to the tree. There's like a single seat. If you're on the floor towards the back, right. there's uh, one of the seats on the other side of the tree that okay. sort of rises from the floor. Yeah, I know It's that a is. single seat, so you've got extra leg room. Okay. You only have a slightly, slightly obstructed view of the top of the screen because it is okay. under the overhang. Okay, work, yeah. Yeah, so that's like one good seat, but it doesn't matter now with the preferred seating thing or the assigned seating unless you're an industry screen and you can't even get that seat anymore because somebody would be assigned it. Right. And that's even dumber because if you're with someone and you have the seat on the other side of the tree, yes. you may not be able to sit next to the person you're with. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a but yeah, no, that's I, I agree with that, that venue. And just the stairs. Yeah, the right? stairs as well. Yeah. The fact that um, even when there was a visa screening room there, you don't get the visa screening room for the winter garden. Yeah. So it's, no, it's, and then that netting that looks like you're in a bad Vietnam movie or something. Like, it's just brutal. So... No, that's my, that'd be my, my all-time worst. I, I'd be with you except for the Ryerson. I got to go Ryerson just for legroom alone, especially up in the balcony. Okay. That legroom, I do often feel like it's a real Cirque du Soleil situation. Like, my knee sometimes just... <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, boy. I, I wish I was a lot more flexible when I go to the Ryerson. You have the whole no food or water rule. Because it's essentially a school, right. so you aren't supposed to have anything with True. you, really. True. I think they've been a slightly more lax on letting people have water, yeah, just you can because have it was inhumane. Yeah. You can like one bottle of water, yeah. you can't like you can bring in. You really can't bring in anything else. Exactly. Uh, and the bathroom situation there is insane. There's like, for the ladies, I think there's only a couple of stalls. That ah. lineup is. I will give you a bathroom tip then. So when you go downstairs to the Ryerson, you go across past the pool. And there are bathrooms on the other side. But that's a that's a trip. It's not that much of a trip. You yeah. go past the pool. Yeah, but still, you have to like travel. And if you're on your own and you're trying to like get a seat, you don't want to leave your stuff unattended. Like, there's a lot of trust involved in leaving okay. your stuff alone that long I guess so. at the Ryerson. I guess now I'm only over there for midnights. Yeah. I'm up there during the day. Yeah. Hardly ever. So at midnights. But I think your line management question, though, they're the best at line management. Don't yeah. Think. It's a nice line. Yeah. If the weather's good. True. It's. But it's not great if the weather's not good or if you need to use the bathroom because then you have to, like, again, get a stranger to save your place, go to that trash Starbucks across the street that's horrible or you go try to school. get inside. You go to school. Yeah. 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 So, uh, and then I think the sound there is really good, too, at the Ryerson. I like the sound. I like the seats. Were you there the first year before they redid the seats? Yeah. There was white kind of awful seats. Yeah. When the only good seat was that very back row because of the double cushion on them. The back row at the bottom? At the bottom. Yeah. Those are the only good seats in the whole building. I actually still prefer that row. Okay. It's, it's easy to get out. You okay. You get jammed up by the crowd. Yeah, that back row at the bottom is a nice spot. And it, it's slightly more elevated. Yeah, it is yeah, more elevated. You have a little yeah, better a little more room. view. Yeah. So I sat there for the first year and saw everything back yeah. there. Or front row balcony in the middle. It's like but see, but that's you're there. Then again, your legroom thing. The legroom is trash, yeah. but you have like a little more. You have like the illusion of more room just because you have the just the slightly lower rail True. in front of you. True. So you have a little more room to spread and out some, like belongings. There's some more legroom spots down. The, but you like the back. I don't really like the back. But yeah. down at the front on either side, there's kind of a where the uh, 
aisle is yeah. on either side, there's more legroom there. And it's it's furthest from all the other venues now, especially since they've contracted things more to Festival right. Village. It's just overall convenience, legroom, lack of amenities. Uh, and the outdoor lineup, which on a nice day is great, but if it's like rainy and cold, it's garbage. It's exactly. like, I gotta say, don't love it. Especially because it took over as being the Midnight Madness venue, and our love of the Uptown will always make any other place seem like garbage. True. Yeah. But there was a while there, though, it was really good because I saw a lot of movies at the Elgin, and when they were using Young Dundas and using the Ryerson, yeah. and a nice little run between the three was going on there for a while. Yeah. And I'd go bang, 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 up and down, back and forth. Yeah. So that was a good little run for a while, but yeah. that came worst, to an end. Worst lineup is back to, I'd say, the Elgin Winter Garden combo. I don't even know what they're going to do this year because there's even more scaffolding and construction going on that sidewalk right now. The right. last time I went, because I like to do, listen to a little sort of walking tour of the neighborhoods to see, you know, where construction is and other stuff in the run up to the festival. So if I'm downtown, I will cut around. And I went through that sort of Victoria Street run, uh-huh. like between Ryerson and it's a mess. Like there's so much construction. I don't even know how they're going to do line management at the Elgin this year. I haven't even noticed that. Yeah. But yeah. see, I, when I go, I used to go when they had the visa screening room. So I'd always get mm-hmm. in that visa line and be shuffled in. Uh, a while before, so yeah. didn't experience the crazy winter garden people up and around behind Massey Hall somewhere, and then have to face those stairs, yeah. always back to those stairs. Yeah, and I'd say overall for you know food and other things, I mean, Scotiabank has more options for food. It's not great. Uh, I don't know what they're doing at Canteen or Luma this year, if they're going to have grab and go again. That I don't know, I'm yeah. not sure. Because they don't have a lot of when I was talking to Ryan on the last podcast, we were saying there aren't a lot of grab-and-go options even like around Festival Village. No, there was there's a grilled cheese place across from Scotia. Yeah, Melt. It's right next yeah, to the right Ill-Style Sammy's, which I love. Yes. Those giant, giant Philly cheese stick sandwiches. That's good. And yeah. there used to be a burrito board around the corner downstairs, but I think that's gone now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's why Mr. Um, Bring My Pepperette Sticks. Yeah. Throw my bag and kind of chew on those all day long. Wow, yeah. pepperettes. Yes. That's... I just went to St. Louis Market and picked up 40, actually. That's... Of the... Um, I love tur- a pepperette. The mild turkey ones. And I buy the Schneider's one, the European ones, and the packages, and throw them in my bag. And when I'm pu- hungry, I uh, have a couple, and bang, away I go. And your tummy's fine with that? I'd be oh, yeah. worried I'd be, like, brewing a, you know, Dragon Ball Z-level, like, fireball of gas. Not if you save it from the, save it from the hot ones. You yeah. Get. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the turkey ones are really good. You get All the right. turkey mild ones, they're fine. All yeah. right. Okay. Like where your head's at. Mm-hmm. So this year, I did go in with a bit of a, a deficit uh, when I was picking my movies because, I mean, for the last decade and change, my default has been when in doubt, go with Jane. Mm-hmm. Jane Scholl. And of most of the old guard, I mean, Gravestock is still hanging on, but a lot of the people, a lot of the faces have changed over the past few years in terms of programmers. I'm a big Deanna Sanchez. Yeah. Man. She picks a lot of good stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 She's all right. So for you, like, how do you pick, or do you pick things that you know you have to write about or you want to write about, and then the ones that you want to see just for yourself, how do you pick those? Um, I pick some that I need to write about, but my main routine is when the press releases come out on the Tuesdays I, uh, I grab those and then I go on IMDb see who's seen what has it been at con has it been in Berlin um, Sundance and some critics I know I'll look and see what they got to say about this movie see what the rating averages are looking for things you know seven and above and even in the sixes, five and below, that's not so good. So I look for that first. So what aggregator do you use to check the ratings as well? Is that IMDb? IMDb. Only? Yeah, go with okay. that. Um, and then after- so do you apply any kind of like multiplier if it's a movie that has mostly women or colors or anything? Since now we know that perhaps there's been occasions in the past where some of those movies have been 
downvoted or like ranked poorly by people who haven't even seen them. No, if I'm if I'm determined to see something, I'm determined to see something. Yeah. It's, it's stuff that's iffy to make my short list. Okay. I mainly use that for. And then um, I go by directors, directors over actors or anything else. Um, I go by writers a lot. Um, countries I want to learn about. There's one I'm seeing this year. Um, Arab Girl, I think it's called, or it's from uh, it's from Tunisia. I'm like, oh, nice to see a movie about Tunisia. Um, so I'm seeing that this year. Just things like that I go by to make my choices. So you never go by the picture in the book? Oh, I haven't even looked at the book. Oh, yeah. Some I haven't looked at the book. My, my, my book. I don't get my book till I pick up on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So never go by picture in the book. I was going to say for one of yours, I almost picked it because of the picture in the book. I'm going to show it to you. Devil Between the Legs. Yes. That one I almost... Although, I, that's another one that I might pick just because yeah. of the title as well. Title, subject matter. Yeah. Um, something you don't normally see, right? Yeah. It, it could be amazing. My, I don't, I'm trying to avoid things that are going to fall into three or two and a half stars. Now, that was okay. I'm looking for okay. I'm looking for things that are great. Um, as a friend of mine used to say in another profession, things that might change my life, or... Unless there were pausing so that he can peruse oh, the picture for down in between the wow. lines. Wow, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, quite, the, quite the picture. It's quite the picture. Yeah. So that type of stuff I look for, things that have changed my life, or even if something's a horrible wreck, I'd rather see that than see, oh, that was okay. I'm, I'm, I avoid okay. Yeah. So do you ever walk out? Since you do P&I, you do have some options. Um, hardly ever. The, I walked out of one last year that people really liked. It was a country music one in Scotland. Uh, this girl was a country singer. I can't remember the name of it. But people really liked it. But I walked out on that one last year. Yeah. Plus I had a tight window, so I sounded like this anyway, so I got out of there. Yeah. So rarely. I haven't really walked out of one in about six or seven years, to tell you the truth. Way back. Yeah. Yeah. I tend not to. I, the only one I've walked out of that I can even recall is, it's a very contentious one whenever I bring it up, because like, especially at our movie nights, because over half of that crowd really love that movie, Under the Skin, and I just... You walked out of Under the Skin? I know. That was like my number two movie of that year. I know. I feel like we've had this wow. conversation. We have this conversation. Yeah, I don't remember all the points that you made for it because, again, we had it at Movie Nerd Meetup Night okay. when I was probably already switched from beer to bourbon. There <laughs> goes my lid. But yeah, so, you know, we'll see if I walk out anything this year. I'm less and less inclined as the years pass to do that, partially just because of laziness. Unless I have a tight turnaround, to your point, yeah. where am I going? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if it's my last movie, then I, even like a Midnight Madness that I'm kind of iffy on, I usually know Midnight Madnesses are sometimes a little rough around the edges, but sometimes they exactly. finish either really strong or yes. really gory. Yes. So even if I'm not into it, I'll just get a little disco nap, and then when people start screaming again, I'll wake up and like <laughs> see what's happening at the end. Yeah, those, those can be like that way. Um, one was like that was the um, Why Don't You Play in Hell, I think was one. That was Losing Me in the Middle. But yeah. this is going to go somewhere, and it went somewhere in a big, big way. Yeah. Ended up liking it a lot, but this one like could have walked out. Actually... Climax, I think, which was... Was that last year or the year before? That was last year. Yeah, Climax had a good open, and then it did some stuff in the middle. But then it, it finished stronger than I thought it would. It was okay. a beautiful visuals as well. Actually, her smell which is probably my number one of the year so far because it came out this year. I saw it last year at TIFF. I almost walked out on that. Have you seen her smell? No. Um, the first part, the manic um, Becky situation when she's backstage and screaming at everybody and just strung out on everything. It was just the camera moving all over the place. Almost lost me. But I hung in and then it switched and it was amazing. Like it, it, was, a, it was like a, a car hitting straight for that wall and it just made the turn at the last minute. And it made the turn, or like a, like a plane trying to break the sound barrier, and it, that last minute the rivets are going, and then it breaks through into bliss. Interesting. Yes. Oh, Elizabeth Moss, Cara Delevingne, Dan Stevens. I've seen it twice. All right. Yeah, I saw it last year at TIFF, and then I saw it when they had the screening at the light box. Interesting. Um, when she came and did a Q&A. Almost walked out on that movie, and it's my number one of the year right now. Sitting as we are right now, it's my number one movie of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen 
Anything I'd really love. What's the one with Beanie Feldstein? And the other girl that's sort of like the lady version of Superbad? Yes, that one. Um, can't remember the name of it. That's, that's terrible. And listener, uh, surprisingly I'm sober, unlike most of the time when I record these. Maybe <laughs> my memory is tied to uh, alcohol. Beanie Feldstein, uh, let's see what else Beanie Feldstein's been She's in one that's played, that's in the top Booksmart. Booksmart. Booksmart, yeah. That's probably in my top sort of three so far for the year, but it, I mean. She's it, in one at TIFF, that's yeah. in the top ten. What how people to Build a Girl. Of TIFF or How to Build a Girl. I picked that one. Yeah, people yeah. Are all over that one. Yeah. She's good, I like her, she's a very good actress. Yeah, so, you know, we'll see what happens with... Sometimes I come out of the festival and I've seen two or three of my favorite movies of the year, and sometimes I come out of the festival and I'm like, well, that was okay. Mm -hmm. But, like, nothing really knocked my socks off. So, you know, last year, you know, seeing Into the Spider-Verse way deep in December, like, what a treat that was. Exactly. Because it kind of was... It really turned the year around where I feel... Sorry to bother you, too. Yeah, yeah. Was one that came out late. Yeah. I saw that in the summer, though. Before the festival, I thought I saw that in the summer. I think I saw that one later. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw I think that. I think I covered that one later. But yeah, so there, I didn't, I don't think I saw my favorite movie of the year last year at the festival. So I'm hoping uh, with some of the, I took more chances this year too, I think, than previous years. I think the last couple of years I got a little uh, overly cautious. Uh, just because of having a couple of you know rough years where I just felt like I spent all this money and took this time off and you yeah. know saw nothing popped yeah right or things were tight yes no, no. exactly I don't want two and a half or threes I want better than that I want stuff that like stays with me I want it to like give me weird thoughts or like maybe nightmares in the case of Midnight Madness or you know the kind of movie where the premise is so good I'm that annoying person that explains the premise to all my friends and like wants to talk about it. Like I want that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like I don't want the most memorable thing to be, you know, who showed up for it or like who was in it. I want the most memorable thing to be like the movie itself. Right. It's all about storytelling. Storytelling, storytelling, storytelling. Not about who tells a story, but if it's a good story, um, I'm there. Yeah. So what program do you find that you see the most from? Because I usually avoid masters just because I feel like at that point in most people's careers they've gotten into that I don't need to take anybody else's advice or edit kind of. It shifts. Yeah. It was masters for a while. I want to say the year that Amore was here, there were six or seven really good masters movies that year. A lot was good in masters that year. But it shifts, right? It's, um, don't want to speak ill of peers, but. Um, he puts all his buddies in there sometimes. And yeah, that maybe, might be the other reason. Maybe why their movies aren't the best, but they're masters. they're his buddies, so they get in. So, um, but no, but just in a couple of years, masters really good. Um, platform was really good. Two or three years back, I was right in the platform, but I was not impressed with platform last year. I I saw three or four there, um, and nothing really grabbed me. Um, I don't know. I see a lot of good stuff out of Discovery, actually. Mm -hmm. Like, if you do your research and look around and read the stories and hear a bit about the directors, what they've done before, and maybe some of the unknown casts, uh, there's some good stuff in Discovery. Um, I like specials, too. Special screens are good. And I tend to tr stay away from the galas a lot because I find a lot of those are busts. Mm -hmm. If you look back over the last years of what's in been in galas, a lot of that was, let's get the stars together, can be a premium charge for that. Yeah. And then often yeah, and the stories are, don't deliver. Or they're coming out. Like Hustlers is literally getting released the 13th. Right. Like as, coming is, out. as is the Goldfinch, right? And those are off sale already. So people yeah. are spending $40 to see them. And like you're going to get to see that cast for maybe 10 seconds when they walk in. Sometimes those right. movies don't even have a Q&A. They, right, exactly. they usually don't actually. Right. And then that's it. Yeah. So no, I'm not seeing any of those. Um, I am seeing Joker because of the big the hype from Venice over it, so I was saying this is not a TIFF film, but I am seeing that now. Um, yeah, I went for Harriet because, you know, I've got to represent. But that's 
coming out. I know. I want to say that. Is it's, that a Netflix one as well? Uh, no, Harriet, I think, is not a Netflix one. Dolomite is, but that's not in. I think, Harriet, I think Harriet's something, though. It's not, if it's not Netflix, it's one of the cables okay. it's on. I'm pretty sure. Like Amazon or something? Yeah, it's something. I don't think. I thought it might have been Netflix. It's something, I think. I don't. Somebody has it. Distributed by Focus Features. Okay, maybe not. And the release date wasn't until November. I think that was my, like, I try to make kind of November my cutoff. Like, if right. it's even coming out in October, it, it's got to be that it just fits in a hole and I can't find anything else that exactly. I'm mildly interested in. Especially for gala type stuff. For small movies, I still might see it if I don't think it's going to get a wide release or it's going to be yeah, harder true. to find. Yeah, but yeah, so I went for Harriet just because there's, there's another movie in gala that was um, a lot of melanin. The one with... Uh, Jamie Foxx. Oh, I'm seeing that. Just Mercy. Yeah, so I I've didn't go that. for that. I went for Harry yeah, I've seen that. Jamie Foxx might be George Austin. I'm, I'm a big Brie fan as well, right? So. And then my other one from the gala that I went for is Honey Boy. Uh, because in theory, that might not even come out till next year. Although, who knows? If Depending on response, they might move it up. Okay. So. See, that's one I read a lot of the... I like the trailer. IMDb. Yeah. And it's not about really. and no, no one really likes it. No. Time to see. I avoid looking at door. early stuff on IMDb and other things. I do find that, I mean, it is shifting now. But the kind of people who have access to see these movies early, uh, I would say I I don't always trust their POV. Well, the demographic. I go to the ones that I like. There's yeah. certain ones I like. Um, it's a few at um, Ebert I like. Um, City View. A couple of people Hollywood Reporter. I see that they're doing the reviews. I trust their opinion yeah so what they say I, I tend to agree with so if I see they're kind of leaning that way plus the wave is going that way then I will uh, decide to pass and that's what happened when I read about Honey Boy I want to say it's like a 5.1 in IMDb or somewhere in there mm-hmm. and a couple of folks that I think were good reviewers did not like it at all okay yeah I don't really follow reviewers that much and whatever I do I inevitably end up being Disappointed, if not right away, eventually. Like the I'll follow stuff for you know a year or two, and then something will come out, and there's clearly some kind of either blind spot or bias, and they get something so wildly wrong, and I'm just like, ugh. Hmm. <laughs> Might even on the day, right? Yeah. And a lot of these things. Yeah, you don't know what their life morning is. Thursday at ten in the morning, right? Yeah. If you something happened Wednesday or whatever, you're doing Tuesday morning and Thursday morning screening, so yeah. Depends on how things go those days. And, and we have uh, one of the reviewers who writes for a larger publication here in the city occasionally writes the most wild things. I almost feel like it's deliberately trolling the populace now. There was a review on The Farewell, I won't name them, uh, that, and you know what, it takes a lot to get Asian Twitter riled. They aren't as, I'd say, at the low-grade, always orange levels of rage of black Twitter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when Asian Twitter gets hot, they get real hot. And it was, the review run for all, just, it talked about how preposterous the premise was and how nothing would be like that. There's so many people saying, that's exactly like what my family was like. Also, did you not do any research? The writer said this literally is what happened in their family. Exactly, yeah. And, yeah, so there's especially here in Toronto some of the people who write for the major publications um, have their very insular POV and a lot I'd say at least half the movies I like would probably fall outside their worldview and experience see I don't follow a lot of the yeah. people who write here in yeah. the city at all I don't see them really yeah. so maybe I should do start following so uh, other places like I follow a lot on Twitter yeah and there's some out of Denver I follow, out of LA, of course, all over the place. Um, some European ones. I don't follow anybody locally, really. Yeah. Like, no one out of Toronto, no one out of New York. I think there's one in Chicago, maybe I follow, but it's a lot of smaller um, and not the mainstream what you think a critic should be. It's a lot of folks on the edge that I really follow. Yeah. And hear what they have to say. There's a woman, I met her last year at the festival. She was part of the new initiative of them bringing in other types of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Joelle Monique. She's... Name sounds familiar. I like her stuff. Okay. But again, it's like these freelance people who aren't staffed anywhere. Right. You have to just follow them on social and try to like find right. wherever their stuff is posted. So, 
you don't get the same amount of coverage. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I skew away from the mainstream stuff anyways. Yeah. I'm more foreign or different areas or indie anyways. So what, what are you most excited about? Um, or what couple? Well, there's one Waves I'm really looking forward to seeing. I'm seeing um, that. Stars the guy who's in Loose. Yeah. And uh, people are going crazy about it. Oh, great. At um, Telluride. Um, I might not have even picked it if it hadn't been on the facing page for Guns Akimbo. Oh, yeah. okay. Because that made me slow down. Okay, I'll show you that. It's long, though. It's long, it's long, long, long. Yeah, I, I made that a two-movie day. It's a uh, family. It's um, star basketball player. And things go awry. So that's all I'll say about it. But... Uh, Yes, this is oh. my favorite two pages in the book this year. Really? Yeah. Cool. Very nice. Guns Akimbo. He's doing good. He's doing well, He always uh, does like fun good work stuff. Now. Yeah. yeah. Ever yeah. since Warrens. I was like, yeah. I yeah. see you, Harry yeah. Potter. He's doing good stuff now. Yeah, we're talking about Daniel Radcliffe. You may know him as Harry Potter. He's yeah. trying to buck that image. Yeah. He just. And speaking of buck, being buck naked in a play and all sorts of stuff yeah. he's been up to. So. Yeah. Yeah, trying to change the image. So waves. I'm glad I picked that now. Yeah, that was no. sort of like on my second sweep through the book. I caught. No, it's one that I had my eye on from the beginning, and yeah. people are losing their minds over it. Fantastic. Tell you right. So I'm on that. Um, Joker's now in there. Um, I've been on two posts a minute. It came out because yeah. it's the same director that did City of God, which is my number one movie of the 2000s. Yeah. Love that movie. So he's back doing that, and uh, Marriage Story's now on my uh, radar because again the recent reactions. I tell you right. I was going to pass on it because it's Netflix, but those are kind of my main four. And those are the main four I'm looking forward to. I wouldn't even be able to guess this year what would be people's choice. Usually midweek, there starts to be enough buzz in lineups and other stuff that you sort of have an idea which way the wind's blowing. Right. Like last year, midweek, I did predict Green Book. That's like my claim to fame. Like I rarely call it that early. But like I called it, and not because I liked the movie that much, but because I was there for the first public screening, and I like have been in very few that have gotten a reaction that big that haven't at least been um, either the winner or in the runner-up. Okay. Kind of column for it. So out of the stuff this year, would you make any early bets? I I don't even know what I would guess. Um. Don't know. So there's usually always one gala that does well as part of their sort of deal with the devil that is the film industry. Right. There's always one big movie that they add a couple extra screenings for or whatever. But the only movie that's coming in with this much like advanced buzz is Joker, and I feel like that one's too polarizing to get yeah, I don't um, think. the votes from the olds. And that's a thing. Listener, if you're in a lineup and you hear a bunch of olds talking about, oh, I just loved, insert movie here, that one's usually like it's in there. Well, first of all, they'll vote. That's the yeah. first thing, yeah. and vote multiple times. Yeah. Um, maybe a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I've heard. Oh yeah. Yeah, it hasn't come out yet. I've heard nothing about it. What was I think everybody it's loves Miss, Tom Hanks. It's Mr. Rogers and yeah. it's Tom Hanks. Like, yeah. how can you go wrong? And that guy's just an all-around mensch. I've heard like so many stories of servers like when he comes here to the city for the festival that he's just one of the best low-maintenance customers. He's super chill. People recognize him, start talking to him. And a fabulous tipper. Like, Very good. Yeah, he's one of those guys. The, they someone, say you don't meet your heroes. I'd say, you know, postscript, unless it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, someone um, put a video up on Twitter again. Put on Twitter a lot lately. Um, just showing the scene in Captain Phillips when he's being checked out to see how he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah, I watched that. And we're saying it's like he should have been nominated. He's underrated. Yeah. Like, just for the scene alone, he's been nominated. Like, yeah. he's, he's got his two, you know, we'll leave him alone. He can't get you anything know, else. I feel like that might be part the the publicity campaign for this there might be some low-key pseudo guerrilla twitter build on hanks because again just i think yesterday i was on twitter and somebody reposted that you know him and robert lotion dancing on the piano keys i saw I, that too yeah. yes okay well, now you all something you. is going on i see you tom hanks's publicity team see but my first thought on that was you're building the love for him first and then it's going to come out and people are gonna, and then oh Oh my God! They're really oh. seeing the strings oh. behind. Wow! Yeah, we're cracking something. Someone's gonna 
uh, rappel through the window here and take us out before this uh, gets to air. What's that red dot on your forehead? Yes. Okay, so you know what? We're going to make an early call for at least it might be one of the ones that they'll add screenings for. So that's another tip, listener. Things that are usually in the running for people's choice, um, they get buzzed. They, all of a sudden, there's announcements that there's extra screenings added for it in the back half of the week. And then sometimes uh, people from the movie stay around longer. Usually not all of the main talent, but at least like a director or writer, if they're known, they may stay in town longer. Uh, so you'll see them show up. Or the like producers a, will show up or someone who's they're gonna show up to the like will show up. A third or fourth bonus screening right. where normally you're just in and out. So that's usually a sign that a movie's in the running. Moonlight did that too. Remember that yeah. Moonlight had a ton of extra screenings yeah. after it started building its buzz. Yes. And I had Olds talking about it nonstop. Every line I was in, I heard Olds talking about Moonlight. So Jojo Rabbit's getting a lot of buzz. Um, at one point on Tiffer, with the deal we have here where you can kind of put your movies in and everybody uses it and now TIFF has relented and now we're supporting it. Um, they put a tweet out about their top 10 um, shortlisted films and it was number one. And uh, beloved director, he's playing Hitler. Yes, uh, Taika Waititi. So, yeah, beloved director, he's playing Hitler so that's getting a lot of buzz. And uh, maybe even Knives Out because that's a world premiere too. Right. Um, huge cast. Um, Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Tony Collette, Jamie Curtis even. Directed Don- by Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Ryan Johnson directing uh, Star Wars Last Jedi and Looper, fame, so he's, he's a TIFF alumni. Um, interesting who done it in kind of an Agatha Christie type fashion, so speaking of the olds, we'll be all over that as well. So maybe there's, there's three there. I'll give you I'll give you A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Jojo Rabbit, and Knives Out is right. three. That I'm thinking could be uh, no arguments, with and that also they're debuting here, which also will skew. Um, right. Take they can stuff those stuff. They say, try See, to like, if you debut here, things are better for you. Yeah, don't we, go to New York, don't go to Telluride, don't go to Venice. Come here. Right. Yeah. Top world premieres. Right. Yeah. Festival loves to get behind anything that premieres here versus one of the other festivals. Um, they do seem to have de-escalated the beef that they were trying to start with Telluride previously. Right. But um, there still is a bit of like that push and pull with them and the other festivals this time of year. I feel like uh, TIFF is very controversy averse. Their, their risk right. tolerance is very low. True. So things that you may hear about at Venice, like your... Polanski's in, you know, Nat Turner's or whatever. I don't think they're here at all. No, Polanski's not here. No. Yeah, so they, and even like last year with the whole brouhaha with the Midnight Madness movie, the Predator versus whatever one, that it turned out that there was a friend of either the director or writer who may or may not have been some sort of child predator. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that which uh, was you know just tough look for everyone because of the name like the, yeah the stories wrote themselves yes exactly. uh, yeah that that one uh, the festival very much moonwalked out of that entire conversation yeah the last one they really were all in for was that remember that cat killing one a few years back where they were protesting outside of Cumberland Four that one they stood by but since that scenario they've been uh, risk adverse yeah as you would say yeah and it's. And it's, this is a real rebuilding year. It's the first year without peers. It's the first year with the new co-head. So well, I've never seen yeah. at all or yeah. know anything about or yeah, does she even I exist? Don't, I don't see her on social media I saw either. her do the initial press thing and I've never seen her since. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it's just something for, you know, as she acclimatizes herself to the city and the way this festival is, um, the I have many challenges and bits of constructive criticism for how the festival run things, but uh, the engagement, most of the programmers and even some of the more senior people in different programs, like in, you know, membership and Maxine with the shared journey, whatever, they were all very like engaged and accessible, not just on social media, but even when you saw them at the light box. Yeah, for sure. Like I would walk up to Noah and when I was still picking my movies, especially back in the old days of the paper lists and the box and all that, 
if I saw him out in the streets, I'd be like, my guy, I'm like dying here on my schedule. Just give me like three more things to pick. And then Cameron like started doing that a few years later right. on social media. Right. And there's also, like, there's a program you can run now. Yeah. You put in what you like and it spits out two or three movies you should pick. Yeah. Based so, on what you like in the past. I don't know if she's not as aware of the level of human engagement and sort of ownership. Right. And the way festival goers engage with the programmers and the people who work there. But for sure. Maybe we'll see more of her? Yeah, I we'll see. This is her first go around, so we'll see how things start off. And yeah. I expect she'll be there at the people's choice. Yeah. Right? When they run that one. Yeah. She has to be there. So we should Yeah, see. when they do the awards announcements, we'll finally get to yeah. see maybe some of her personality because everything so far has been fairly scripted. Exactly. Yeah. And and plus she'll be tired. They're all like so toe up by the end of the week. They really loosen up. Like you know, Cameron will wear maybe a dark pair of dungarees and a sneaker with his suit jacket. Like yeah. by the end of the week, you get they're a little more loose. Oh yeah, people's yeah. choice. They come yeah. out in volunteer shirts. Yeah. a lot of times. So it's good times. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I found that top ten list you're talking about. So Tiffer T I F F R oh. is a site that people can use to build a short lists, and it actually is less prone to crashing than the TIFF site itself. If you're looking for movies, easier to navigate. Uh, so the top 10 movies, I'll start at 10. For movies that people have shortlisted, this in no way indicates how popular these movies will be when they come out or the quality of these movies. This is just based on um, the picture often on the Tiffer site or the pricey. Uh, a lot of these movies are high on the list because they have famous people in them too. That is true. So How to Build a Girl is yes. in there. Number 10. Um, Ford versus Ferrari, which because it's got... Which one of those guys? Matt Damon, both. Yeah. Matt Damon and Kristen Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, bad Education. Bad Education I picked. I think, why did I pick it? I don't like it. It was some other reason besides Hugh Jackman. I oh, that's the wrong one. I think the wrong one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Parasite. Uh, yeah, the, that's on my list. The Lighthouse. That's got Willem Dafoe and... Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, the Laundromat. That was one that... It's a Netflix one. So again, like these people have shortlisted and that's in, the, in the top five. That's mixed. That, I've heard I'm hearing mixed things come out of Tell You Right on that one. Yeah. Oh, and four, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yes. Then Joker, then yeah. Knives Out, then Jojo Rabbit. So, you know, uh, at least in terms of demand. And again, while TIFF is a not-for-profit whose goal is to transform the way you see the world through film, people don't fly here themselves. <laughs> that building, it's got taxes. It may be on donated land, but... And underneath that donation, there's the original keepers of this land, the Anishinaabe, the Haudenosaunee, the Mississauga Yeah, yeah and here on Wendat and all that good stuff. But they got to make money. So they also sometimes add extra screenings of these movies in high demand just because they know they can sell more than like 75% of the tickets, no problem. Right, they can, they can yeah. fill up um, Princess of Wales again. They can fill up the Elgin again. Yeah. So they'll, they'll do that. Yeah, so look for, if you can't get a ticket to these movies now, especially those top four, Beautiful Day, Joker, Knives Out, uh, Jojo Rabbit probably will be depending on the reception. I know Disney's nervous. And by the way, Joker is out October the 4th, folks, so... But people are still going to want to see it. I know you want to see it, but if you don't, you can't get it, it's, it's out in a couple weeks. Those you'll probably able to go grab sit in VIP. An extra so serve you at your seat for twenty five bucks as opposed to spending fifty nine or whatever to go see it at TIFF. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I literally have only done one gala that I had to pay for in the last ten years, and that was only because my friend worked on the movie. But I did the Yorgos one a couple years back. Of yeah. Nicole Kidman, um, and. Uh, When he did before the favorite, I think it was before the lobster as well. No, it was after the lobster. Before the favorite, um, Nicole Kidman was in it. Um, Colin Farrell was in it. Killing of a Sacred Dog. Killing of a Sacred Deer. No, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yes, yeah. saw that one. That was that was good. But that's my last, you know, spend a bit more gala. Yeah. I went to. Yeah. Three years back, now I would say it was good, but um, if you're trying to see a lot of movies, you got to wait for these people to turn up, and it just Blows your schedule too. Yeah, if you have a tight turnaround, it always takes a long time to load the theater. It always takes a long time to get people to sit down, because if any of the talent's staying, then people end up 
hanging out in the aisle because they want to try to get a picture or exactly. be like a looky-loo. It's just a real trash fire. And also, it's you got to remember, like not like us, it's, it's these people's one chance to go to a TIFF movie. Yeah. They get all dressed up, the heels are on, the tuxes are on, the bow ties are out, all this stuff to come a chance to go see Nicole Kidman up close. So they're completely awestruck and that's what they're looking for to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, everybody has their own experience. I, if I look good listener, it's because it's one of the few nights where I might actually try to go out for a drink afterwards and I'm probably very uncomfortable and my gut is still nowhere near like the sort of, you know, bandage dress, high heels level stuff that happens at a lot of the galas and uh, premieres in the first half of the festival. Like, yes. my, my good is that I brought my uh, wipes and like a fresh shirt and something <laughs> so that I can do like a, like a horse bath in the bathroom at one of the theaters. So at least if I've made it to scan my way to somewhere with free booze with somebody who works for someone, then I'm not a complete stinky, embarrassing disaster. Yeah. See, I have a Good Life membership. Oh. So I, I can duck in a Good Life upstairs when need be. Oh, that is. And hop in a quick shower and sit in a bit of sauna before I go out to an evening event. Yeah. Well, I did have a gym membership that was handy because that there's a Good Life right on right Richmond. Right in the corner. Yeah. yeah. But I don't have a gym membership downtown. So and none of my friends live like right near Festival Village this year. So... And I've also previously had jobs near Festival Village, so I've been able to leave like a change of clothes oh, that'd be good. at one of my places of work just in case. But yeah, so this year I'm going to be riding real rough. Then uh, it's like 99% of the festivals, by the end of the week I am wearing uh, some sort of very old pair of yoga pants in public without any kind of shame. Right. Well, I did my laundry this morning. Yeah. And then, uh, so that's, it's done now and it's going to have to last me... 12 days or whatever it is. Yeah. Because I won't get I won't get a chance. There might be I might have a 10 a.m. screening one morning where I can maybe, but then I'll I'll be wanting to go and see get tickets in that morning. So I'll be down um, at the box office trying to grab tickets. Yeah, I have. Day. I have a late morning, but that morning is after I go to see Guns of Kimbo's my last movie that I'm seeing with a friend, and we're probably going to go out for drinks after right. then. So that my late start day. Yeah, I, I might be able to do laundry midweek. I do try to have a late start day, either like the Wednesday or the Thursday, and at least have a day that I can sleep in or like actually cook and eat a meal sitting down at home in the morning. Well, that's nice. that's a luxury. Yeah. As opposed to eating standing in line? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Major luxury. Yeah. So I try to do that at least one day in the week and like eat something green. Like. Yeah, I bought, I bought a bunch of yogurt yesterday, yeah. so at least I'm going to try and get a couple scoops of yogurt going in me before yeah. I dirt out the door so I'm not living on Starbucks yeah. Starbucks coffees in the morning and uh, fraps in the afternoon which is not good for your stomach yeah no and the Tim Hortons is close at the corner now too so I talked with Ryan a lot about what our coffee options were in the neighborhood but uh, yeah for I guess favorite venue to hang out around the festival that's where we all are making some adjustments and changes like you and I both are members, so we can hang on the lounge. Right. But that's not accessible to everyone, and it's no. not even accessible to all levels of membership. No, it's not. Yeah. They're pretty snarky about that, too. Yeah. Can I see your card? And you can only do a plus one. I think you can, like, maybe bring in, like, two people, but, like, they're well, a little bit... Judging on how yeah. busy it is, but they, you know, they're looking for the high-end folks in there. Yeah. Who never go in there anyway, so yeah. what's your point? So it's that. Um, I'm partial to to New Orleans across the street there. Mm-hmm. That's a nice bar. Listen to a bit of jazz. Belly up to the bar. Have a nice there. drink. It's a very good spot. All right. Awesome spot. Um, hey, hey Lucy. Yeah. Two's down. Go upstairs rooftop patio. One of the mm-hmm. hidden gems in the city. Good spot there too. Um, and of course I'm partial to my uh, my local down there at the Friar. Yeah. Know all the staff. Hang out there a lot. See a lot of. I see Colin in there all the time. Um, kicking back, doing his thing. Um, and other than that, that Starbucks in the corner, I'm always in there. Always in that Starbucks. Yeah. Because um, I walk past it on the way down to the areas. I grab my coffee in the morning. In between screens, I'm back getting my iced coffee or a frap. Maybe a quick bite to eat, quick protein box to eat. So I'm in there a lot. Um, and those are kind of my main uh, spots that I tend to hang at. And then 
I'll lead a couple stuff at Scotiabank. Some of the wraps aren't too, too bad. They're wraps, so I'll, I'll do that here and there. Trying to avoid all the fried stuff. And then I, as, I'm, as I'm saying, I have my pepperette something all the time. Yeah. And I bring my water bottle because they have the ice water there. So I just put ice in, put ice water in. My water bottle keeps it cold for a long period of time. Uh, if I'm going elsewhere, I'll grab a couple of bottled waters. And a key I learned from a, a festival of veteran years ago is instead of bringing ice, you freeze one of these things at the bottom of your bag, yeah. right? Or one or two. And as your day goes on, it keeps these ones cold, and as they melt, if you're in like a nine o'clock movie all of a sudden, oh, you, you still, nice still cold have water. cold water at 9 p.m. at night. So yeah. that's, that's always a good uh, plan. Survival tips for uh, Tiff. All right. Yeah. yeah, I used to pack like a full day's worth of food and like almonds and like little Tupperware and whatever. And just as I got older and lazier, mm-hmm. I just don't do that level. I just hit the streets and like, you know, forage. Or just some days I legit will only eat one meal. Right. I'll have like that giant cheesesteak at Hill Style Sammy's and that'll do me for the day. That's my only solid food. See, I think I will gravitate the pepperettes when I bring nuts. Mm-hmm. I come home, the nuts are in my bag still. Yeah. Bring back the next day, come home, the nuts are well, I'm taking my bag now. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I don't go into the bag and eat them. I just don't, I don't know why, I just don't do it. Yeah. And I try grapes sometimes and they get on your fingers and you're trying to write and that doesn't work. And yeah. To be kind of careful. Yeah, nuts. I used to do like a little mix of almonds and raisins in a, in a small Tupperware. Maybe I'll go back to that. That wasn't worse. It wasn't, almonds aren't super loud. Like it's a, it's a nut that you can try to eat quietly. Sure. And that's the other thing, try to avoid like the loud crunchy snacks in the theater because I'm not a monster. As always, the uh, entertainment rules of movie comportment should apply. Your phone should be, if not off, at least in airplane mode. You shouldn't be, you know, using your phone to check what time it is. Because when you watch a movie, you know what time it is. It's movie watching time. (laughs) There's all this great info that you can find before you go into your movie, including the running time and the start and end. You can see before it starts. If it started on time, there's almost no trailers on TIFF movies. There's like the bit of yeah. like the there's promo a bumper, nonsense. a couple of promos. Yeah, you get your, you know, someday RBC thing. You get your, you know, clap for the volunteers, whatever. But it's a lot less than trailers for most movies. You get a bell thing. So just internally add like five minutes to them running time. If the movie starts on time-ish, you should know what time it is and not need to check your phone and be a horrible monster. But people still yeah. Especially in the, uh, the press and industry ones, because yeah. you can check your phones in there. Yeah, so what is, is it like movie? in there? That's the one thing that, I mean, there's been a few things that have held me back over the years of not going to um, P&I screenings, and I think that was one of them, because even when I'm in a public screening where there's a lot of industry people, like those big buzz movies, right? whenever I'm sitting near industry people, it's like the worst movie watching experience for me. Because they're just trash. But see, but that's why I know when something's going to win the people's choice, too. Yeah. Because when they're engaged and, like, last year for Green Book, they were engaged, laughing, reacting, you know, that's good. Um, during The Room a couple years back, people were crying. Oh, my God. People were crying at the press screen. That was a mess after that movie. People were shouting at that first sequence of La La Land. Yeah. There was cheers after that first opening sequence of the yeah. cars and that stuff. So I said, oh, if the press are reacting, yeah. this is going to be big. So yeah. I, that's what, that's where I judge it from the press screenings. Like, they just go crazy. But it's less and less of the on-the-phone thing. People will now wait and get on their phone afterwards. But you're allowed to have your phone on. Um, when I first started going to them a lot about three years ago, people had their laptops out even in the first couple rows. And that stopped. And you can do it. People, if people are on you all the time, you stop doing it, even though it's technically in the rules mm-hmm. like you're you're upsetting other people's movie watching experience yeah. right so that's kind of calmed down but um no i that's why i still like to see a good bunch with regular like for um the lighthouse i'm seeing that for regular audience i still like to see a good bunch of regular audiences so to get the reactions there to get a real reaction um i saw the martian a few years back regular audience but i wanted to see that at regular audience uh i try and do a lot of that when i can yeah it is nice to watch those big ones with in a public screening earlier in the week if not i mean again for those big movies the first one is always almost always a premium right but the second screening so the first one that you don't have to pay 40 bucks for uh those usually give you a good idea of how general audiences will 
respond to the film. Exactly. Yeah. Another screen I like a lot, my second favorite screen, is probably the Scotiabank 12, the IMAX one. It's about bold strokes, I'm going to use that one. Mm -hmm. Excellent venue, perfect sight lines. Really, even if the movie's not IMAX, the sound's really good in there because of the sound buffers in the theater. And the screen's re a really good screen, so I like that venue as well a lot, the Scotia 12. I like seeing stuff in there. Yeah. Like I'm seeing the Ford versus Ferrari in there, which will be excellent, I can imagine. I wonder if they're showing Abominable in there. In the 12? Yeah. That makes some sense. It would make some sense. I don't have that. I was watching, um, God, what movie did I watch the other day? Yesterday, because my friend and I were out and there wasn't much playing right mm -hmm. now that we were like, man, this right. isn't too objectionable. And, you know, Cineplex ran the sale on the long weekend, so the movies were like $7 to go see them. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I went to see that movie. It was kind of mad, but we were watching the trailer for Abominable. And she made a good joke that I didn't get till a couple days later because I wasn't paying attention. We were watching the trailer and the, the voice actor of the young woman, she said, is that Emma Stone? And I realized after, oh, it's because it's uh, based in you know, some place in Asia. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's the voice for the main characters, Chloe Bennett. You may know her as Daisy from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, but yeah, that movie looked, I mean, had no interest in it because it's a gal as well and it's coming out soon. But when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, this actually kind of looks good. Already they went to the press screen for that year, yeah. so I'll see that press screen. I'm not going to see it uh, in the festival. Okay. And, uh, I like I like my uh, I'm seeing one um, animated one uh, that's getting a lot of good buzz as well. I'm seeing Bombay Rose. That's the the one. I think it's somewhere Asia, South Asia. Bombay Rose. Yeah. The one I'm That's seeing, animated. Yeah, the that's one I'm seeing is um, Weathering With You is the one I'm seeing. Oh, wait, yeah. online. I added that later in the week. Yeah, so that's getting a lot of good buzz. Um, but all of those know. movies do. Yeah, but, th but this one's supposed to be really good, though. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of good buzz on that one. So I'm seeing that one. I'm kind of excited. Usually my back half of the week, I usually don't do this good of a job of mixing things that I'm looking forward to, but like by Saturday I have Atlantics, Weathering With You, and Seabird. We're probably in the same Weathering With You, then. Scotiabank Bank Four, yeah, the same one. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, my my end of the week is good too. I'm seeing Balloon, which um, did really good at the Norwegian Film Festival. Mm -hmm. uh, Tibetan movie, uh, Saturday Fiction. I'm seeing end of the week, which is a good one as well. Weathering a few, um, Jelly Katu. Did, did you see that one at all? No. It's um, Malimin. Uh, it's it's uh, tribal. Looks really good. Getting good talk. I think um, uh, Cameron's all over that. I'm saying that's a must see. Um, Heroic Losers. I'm seeing that one as well. Argentinian. Another one I'm seeing. End of the week. And uh, the Ken Loach, who's one of my favorites. Uh, Sorry, missed you. About a lorry driver, kind of driving like an Amazon type thing. Um, he's always doing the social welfare type movies. And in that one. Uh, the driver has to buy the truck he uses, so he's broke because he's driving the truck, the family's not doing well, and how everything kind of unravels for his family if he buys his truck, kind of pay off his truck, make all these deliveries, all these packages, and they run him into the ground. Um, and then ending with Emma, which is uh, Pablo Loran, and I see all his stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, overall, I'm cautiously optimistic about this festival. I thought I'd be more hype on the first year without Piers, but you know, careful what you wish for because first year without Piers is also the first year without Jane. So yes. you take away one of the programmers. Is, Michelle, is, Michelle, still around? Around? is Michelle around still? Or? I've seen her chat about stuff, but she's yeah. no longer there either, I'm is she? Sure. I think she's gone as well. Yeah. I like Michelle. She's kind of the back, backbone in the background, and when something needs to be culled, she cull it. But um, I think she's gone as well. So, yeah, if you're looking for any suggestions, I'm going to get at least, I'd say, the top five from Norm when we go smash some beers after this, and I'll put those in the show notes when I post this. Uh, so if you're looking for things that you could hopefully maybe pick up a single ticket for later in the week, listener, you can look at that. There's already my top five and Ryan's top five in no particular order from the last episode of the podcast, so you can check the show notes for that. Also, follow Cameron Bailey, because he's pretty good at like pumping stuff that 
either isn't entirely sold out or all the programmers are into. So he just uh, posted a list of most moving films according to the lunchtime programmers poll on August 30th. And he lists those as Adam, Just Mercy, Dads, The Friend, Comets, Antigone, which was on my long list, but it didn't make the cut. Comics is what I'm, what I'm seeing. Uh, Hala, I think is on my list. Pain and Glory, and The Vigil. So yeah, that's another thing. If you follow programmers, and again, because they've changed so many, there's so many new ones this year, maybe just follow Cameron Bailey, and then you can see other programmers that he retweets from there, people who work at TIFF. You can also get suggestions throughout the week of things that are still available to buy because they do try to help people find those films that maybe aren't getting the same amount of buzz. And I'll, I'll give one, one last tip here I'll give you that um, what I do and what a lot of people do is just because something says it's sold out, tickets are available on the day that the movie is playing. So you can go to the main box office um, first thing in the morning or during the day and you can pick up last-minute tickets for films because they, they do come available the day of the screening. Yes, later in the week, more and more, because as Nor mentioned near the top of the podcast, industry people leave town midweek. So they always hold back a certain number of tickets for people who either uh, have some association to the film or if they want to give tickets to P&I who maybe can't get into a P&I screening. And then the morning of, there's always like a game day decision of like how many seats they're going to free up. So 7 a.m. I think is the time. 7 a.m. Go online right then. Yeah, go online or go to the box office. Yeah. And uh, another um, pro tip is look for the bigger theaters. You have a better chance if you want to see something that's in the Ryerson than maybe in the Scotia 7. Because there's more seats, so there's more available normally um, at those bigger venues. Or in Elgin, or a Purchase of Wales, or that type of spot as well. Or the Winter Garden, even though I don't like it, but it's a big, uh, it's a bigger venue. Yeah. So you know, good luck. Have a good festival. Stay safe. Enjoy the city. Uh, you will likely get a contact high in the lineup for anything at the Ryerson this year, especially Midnight Madness. I mean, that line already reeked of weed, but now that it's legal, it's going to be a real cloud. Yeah, a double. Real, real hazy cloud there. Kind of looking double, forward double, to double. that one. They'll probably be the most that line has been full of open drug use since it was, uh, since Midnight Madison's were at the Uptown. At the Uptown, so, yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah, so I'll pack my flask and I'll see you on the street, drinking Enjoy. out of a metal tin. We'll see you all on the Festival Road. And way out. <laughs>